Hello and welcome back to the lounge. Today is Tuesday, June 5th, and this is Let's Talk Tuesday. Today we have here Rob Padrone from First Financial. First Financial Bank? No, no First Financial. First Financial Inc. Inc. We're a mortgage lender company. Uh, yeah. We're located right here off of Geraldo. Yeah, so I told you guys, let's talk Tuesday. We're going to be bringing in people from uh, different industries, different realms to come and talk to us. For the past five episodes, we've had cigar, you know, cigar industry leaders come in and talk to us about their business, their history, and stuff like that. But today, for the first time, we have someone outside of the cigar industry, someone from the mortgage, real estate, you know, that world come in and, and talk yeah, to us. Yeah, they smoke plenty of cigars. Yeah, he smokes plenty <laughs> of cigars. We Right now, we have the Drew Estate. We're going to smoke that while we talk. But, uh, Nothing, Rob. So tell us, how did you get into you know mortgages, and how did you you know how did your life lead up to that point? Well, basically, it started back uh, after I graduated high school. I was working for a telemarketing company, and uh, they were going to revamp and pretty much fire everybody before they fired everybody. I decided telemarketing. Telemarketing. So like, phone, you were like working in a call center. Sears telemarketing. So I was selling mm. maintenance agreements, you know, for appliances, mm. and. Uh, before they were going to revamp the company, they were going to get rid of everybody. And I decided to quit before they actually fired mm-hmm. everybody. Uh, in doing so, I went to work for a cousin of mine's, which had a more, uh, she had a title company. And uh, in doing title, I learned uh, the, the aspects of title. But uh, it actually really wasn't what I like to do. And uh, a lot of mortgage Professionals would go and do closings mm-hmm. where I would assist in the closing. And then talking to a lot of them, they were like, why don't you get your mortgage license? I decided it was a good idea. And in 2003, I got licensed. And wow, so a while ago, 15 years. More. 2003? Like, well, when yeah. you got your license. Right, too. right, right. Yeah, so you've been in, in the industry for a while. Pretty much. Yeah. So uh, what what led up? So your friend told you, oh, go and get a mortgage company. So when, when yeah, you I mean, did- I would always talk to the guys and, and basically... Uh, in doing that, they're like, you know, this is more of a more high pace, more of something you'd be interested in. I've always loved numbers. I was good at math in, you know, school. So I decided to uh, take the, the leap of faith, like they yeah. say. And it went pretty well for me. When you first started in the mortgage business, where did you where did you end up? Like what company? Did you start your own right away? Or No, actually, I went to work for somebody which... I actually only closed one deal with them, which was my first deal. Um, you know, I made a fair amount of money on that first deal, but obviously my commission split wasn't mm. ideal. Although I was, was it because you were a newcomer, or was it because you yeah, were part I of guess, a company? You know, I was just part of. I guess uh, it was my my way of having to pay my dues. And how long did you did you uh, stay in that company with the I, with I only them? closed one deal and then I went to a, a friend of mine's company where I ended up becoming the office manager for the company. Um, I had gotten my hip replaced. Mm. And in doing the hip replacement, I was like three or four months without being able to go to the office. In that time, I decided that, you know, I should open my own company. Mm-hmm. And within that time that I was at home recovering from my hip replacement, I opened up my own company in 2006. So you were with your friend for how long were you at that first company? You were like, what, less than a year at that first no, one? No, no. I was there for like the, the three years pretty much. Oh, really? No, no. At the at the first one. Oh, the first one, one deal. 
when do you but how long was that did you stay there like it like was like a, a month or two. I had a, a you know, right off the gate, I had business. Mm -hmm. So, and then you went to your friends and you stayed with your friend from like 03 all the way to 06. 06. And then that's when you first started First Financial. No. Um, I, I went ahead and it was my own company in 2006 all the way until 2009 after the crash. I tried to hold on as much as I could on yeah, that was about, Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, and you were right. You know, you were at the epitome of that crash. Yeah. Pretty much. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. How was that crash? How did how did you deal with that? It was, I mean, it affected everybody, you know, not just no, of course. mortgage professionals and stuff. But, like you that, know, when but, we when we think back to it, that's the one that we you bring up as the example, like the mortgage crisis, like the housing crisis, the housing crash, all that right, stuff. Right, right, right. So, I mean, no, we just had to deal with it. I, I, I bounced around after that. After closing my own shop, uh, did other things, uh, but back in 2010, all the laws were changed. Licenses had to be renewed, or or you had to get a new license type of thing where you had to register through a different program. That what, from what we were registering with the state, we had to be nationalized. So then, uh, in 2010, I decided not to renew that license. Which, in hindsight, I should have just done it because, yeah. obviously, I came Why back not? into the business. Yeah, true. Um, in 2012... You thought you were not going to go back into mortgages. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was over. Mm. And within 2010 and 11, I dabbled in a little bit of real estate. The itch came back. Mm -hmm. Prices started... You know, they went down, but the sales were there. Yeah, I've been hearing that around 2012, two years, or, you know, a couple of years after it started, you know, showing progress or like showing, you know, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. That's what they told me over at uh, Artigiano's when I talked to them. Because, I mean, it hit everyone bad. It hit them bad, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone was hit bad. Restaurants closed, everything, everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, there wasn't money yeah. to be spent. Mm -hmm. You had to save money and yeah. try to survive. Yeah. Um, after that, I decided... Uh, to go get my real estate license instead of going back into mortgages. Mm -hmm. That lasted me about a year where the clients were asking me about mortgages and, you know, I started getting the motivation to go yeah. and get my mortgage license mm -hmm. where I let my real estate license expire because I didn't want to feel like I was competition to the people that were providing mm. me my business where a lot of people of like course. to be dual licensed. I don't like that aspect of it because it would be cool. I mean, it, it would be a good idea if you had like both in house, but you specialize specifically in mortgages. No, yeah, only mortgages because I feel like you should master one exactly. Industry. Yeah, yeah. So they say, if, they say you shouldn't be half pregnant on two things. You should be full uh, pregnant on right, one. Right, right. Yeah. You know, jack of all trades, master of none. So exactly. I've yeah. Always mastered and known mortgages, so that is my main focus in doing. So I left. You know, you can look up my it's public record. My license has been inactive for real estate for a long time. I, I think it's not in void already. Mm. Uh, so I didn't want, you know, because my business derives from realtors. So basically, I didn't want my realtors to think that I was their competition. Mm -hmm. So now it's like 012. You were dabbling in like real estate. You saw the itch come back to be part of the mortgage. mortgage. What? Uh, was that when you first made financial, first financial? No, first financial doesn't belong to me. What mm -hmm. I am, I was a branch manager for one mm. of the, the branches. So I, I, I came back with a, a person I knew from back in the, uh, in the days, which I was also part of the Florida Association of Mortgage Brokers back then. And I knew him from there. He told me, look, why don't you come back in? 
I'll show you the ropes and then, you know, you decide what you want to do. And I did that for like maybe two or three years with him, where then I decided to go to the next level. Expand your horizons. Right. And then I became a branch manager for another company uh, that, you know, that here, there, we had our, our differences. And then I decided to move forward with First Financial, where I've already been there for like a year and a half. And mm. it's very, so it was only very recently that you got that here. I came to First Financial, and mm-hmm. you know, being a branch manager, and uh, in the process of opening other branches as well. Yeah, you know, expanding mm. into a division type. Yeah, market. so like a regional manager. You know, not sort of. not not uh, formally, but in in the sense of yeah. The, the best way that I could I guess explain it to the public is more like a franchisee. Mm, where i own a franchise i abide Mm, by their rules that makes yeah but it also run the show the way i want to run the show of course yeah yeah yeah. so then uh what are what what is your day in and out like your your daily look like like what what are some things that the branch manager or franchisee has to deal with and some of the things that you have to do during the day well you know obviously the 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 driver is the production Mm -hmm. but in addition to the the production is all the loans the, the the aspect of the hospitality with the the realtors and making sure the referral sources are providing us with referrals and making sure they're happy with our service in addition to the loan officers, my staff, you know, the bills. Yeah. <laughs> kind yeah, of a lot that of one. bills I can imagine. Yeah. So yeah, yeah no, it's, but it is a, a, a fun thing. Sometimes I feel like, why, why do I, why am I a masochist? Yeah. Cause <laughs> it, it isn't easy. Yeah. No, no, I can imagine. It, yeah. Yeah. It may look easy from, you know, the naked eye. Yeah, I mean, what are you doing? You're like, you're like no, you're figuring people's money out. Just hanging out. Yeah, exactly, yeah. No, it, it goes way deeper than that. Yeah, you just don't want to show people. Yeah, the, of course. The, the back end because then they get scared. And especially a brand new buyer, let's say you're purchasing your home for the first time. I don't want to scare you with all the logistics that go in the back. I just want to keep you comfortable and happy and yeah. get you to You want to make sure team. I get my best deal and that, you know, everything just runs smoothly. Yeah. Of course. If I if I start explaining to you every little hiccup that comes a, 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 yeah. around the way, yeah. I try to figure it out prior to coming to you of with course, a problem. Of course, yeah. Or if I come with you with a problem, there's a solution yeah. to the problem, mm-hmm. you know? You just need my okay with it. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, what, what, well, you said it, it's a lot of fun. What are your, some of your favorite parts about being like in this world, in this industry? Well, I mean, you, you're dealing with a lot of families where they're dependent on you, you know. Mm-hmm. They're going to be homeless if you don't yeah. close the deal. I mean, that, that gives it a certain like uh, rush factor into it because yeah. you want to make sure that they get their home. Yeah. And then the time is getting closer. And, you know, it's the adrenaline of... Making yeah. sure that you got them to the closing table and at the closing table, everybody's happy. Yeah. You know, there there are their hiccups where we have to get an extension for a day or so. I mean, it happens industry-wide uh, because of X, Y, or Z reason. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I don't think I've ever taken a loan that I've actually denied because of the actual client themselves. Mm. It could have been that they disagreed on some sort of inspection or the property itself wasn't financeable. But as far as me and taking a loan, I feel that I'm like at about 100% intake where if I tell you you're getting a loan, you're qualified for the loan. Now, the other aspect is the actual property mm. or the negotiation between the seller and the buyer. You know? Yeah, of course. 
So like uh, we've talked about, you know, how you got there, what you're doing now. What are what are some things that you're looking forward to in the future? Well, maybe not just in the business world. Tell me a little bit about your family. Like, are you married? You have kids? Yeah, I'm married with my, my wife of ten years already, and I have two children, two boys. Uh, they're nine and seven. They basketball players. They, really, you know, basketball. <laughs> everything that has to do with extracurricular, we we have them involved in. You know, yeah. basketball, acting. You know, various things to keep them busy and yeah, yeah, and seeing what they like and what they want to do in the future. You know, of my, course. My life revolves around my, my family. You know? Yeah, yeah. What are some things that you're looking forward to in the future? Not just between family and business. Maybe I know some people like to be secretive about like where they're going, but I mean, I'm I'm pretty much an open book. Yeah. Everybody that knows me knows that I like to to talk about what we do and how we do it and and the next level of my plans. You know. Yeah. Uh, so basically, just you know, with business aspect, it's expanding to various branches not just in the south florida market up north northern florida or northern, north, Flo oh. northern florida and maybe um i just got a few uh, loan officers that are licensed in other states so we may you know we may uh take that route as well so we're just looking to see what we do and and how we do it and expand you want to carefully the first financial yourself. brand name mm -hmm. yeah yeah because after all it is a bigger company yeah true true what are, what does your daily look like here in the Gables? Like, uh, what's your what's your routine here in the Gables? Like, where do you go for lunch? What's your favorite dinner? Well, like, my favorite spot is obviously Hillstones. Oh, true, true. Where you could catch me probably uh, two to three times a week. Yeah. You know? For business lunches and business lunches, or just to have a good meal. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about uh, cigars? What's your favorite cigar? My favorite cigars uh, typically they're maybe Arturo Fuentes or. You go nice, for something light, medium? I, I usually go light to medium body just mm -hmm. because of the fact that I inhale just a little bit mm, where yeah. you're not supposed to with cigars. Yeah, yeah. But That's what they say. That's what they say. Right. Yeah. But I, I, I just got used to inhaling. I just can't have smoke in my mouth without maybe yeah. taking some. True. So if I take two, like a Maduro, then, you know, I feel my, my lungs expand. No, dude. Literally yesterday, I, I filmed the episode for Coffee and Cigars in the Morning. And I smoked the Maduro, dude. I felt sick the entire day, all the way until I went to sleep. Right. I woke up this morning. I was like, "Thank God, I don't feel sick today." Yeah, no, it was a whole day. It was the whole right. day. You, you, the, the episode I filmed. It was the whole day. I felt. You're going to cold sweats and everything, dude. It was like I felt like throwing up. I was nauseous the whole day. I probably shouldn't have finished because I finished the episode and I was like a third of the way done. And I was like, you know what? Let me just finish it. I didn't want to waste it. You know what I mean? So it was, it was pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. What are, what are some things that you're looking forward to, like in Miami and stuff like that? Well, you're in the real estate business. So what are some some uh, real estate uh, things that are happening in the Miami world, maybe that you know of, that me and the audience don't know of that's happening right now? Well, that the could expansion affect of the of that silver, silver line train that is going to take us to Orlando in a, maybe about an hour or so. Really? I didn't know about that. Yeah. Well, they've that. always been talking about that. Yeah, but. they've already they've already finished phase one, I believe, or phase two, mm -hmm. uh, where it's already running to I believe West Palm, and I don't know if they've already inaugurated it all the way to Orlando, but it's it's in the near future where you're going to be able to travel to Orlando within an hour. Yeah. Versus, you know, last week. I don't know why, but they've been saying that for years that that's going to happen. It's never really it's, gone it's, through. It's there. It's already in downtown. It's right across from the courthouse. Really? Oh, wow. That's crazy. With all these advancements in technology, transportation. What do you think about, like, self-driving cars? 
I don't know. I, I don't feel comfortable with all that. Um, what do they call it? AI? AI. 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 Artificial intelligence. intelligence. Uh, I don't know. That, it, it, it's... Maybe it's just because you're older. It's scary. Like, I know? look at that and I'm like, when? Like, I just want that right now. It's, it's just scary, you know? It's And, and it's become that way uh, throughout the years. You know, look at the tools. Mm-hmm. Where they, yeah. It's computers running the tools. Yeah. You know? uh, so now pass. there's a lot of people out of work because they were... What I've always totally. believed, yeah, but what I've, I believed is that, like, when the housing market crashed in 08, what did you do? You adjusted, right? Like, if, if you're a truck driver now and you're not thinking about that actively, like, if you're a 40-year-old truck driver, maybe if you're 60 or 70, maybe you wouldn't be thinking about it as much because you're close to retirement or whatever. But if you're, like, 40, a 40-year-old 40 right. truck driver and you're not thinking in your head continuously – the, the robots are coming for me, my job, you know, in the, in a, you know, but if, if you're not constantly thinking that and thinking about how you're going to readjust, how do you think you're ever going to survive when Elon Musk says, here they are and they all appear at once? And yeah, no, I mean, it's, we're living a movie, w movies I used to watch back in the nineties, yeah, you know, where, oh man, but now you see it. Yeah. Aren't you excited though for the future? I don't know. It's, it's scary, you know? Yeah. Cause it's something that we don't understand as of yet. Some people don't understand. Oh, well, what do you mean in the, in the sense that you don't understand? The way it works? Because I don't understand the way it works, but I understand the use that people could have for it. Like me in my car, when I'm driving and I get a text message, I'm like, God damn it, I wish my car could drive so I could answer this text message. You no, know, I get it. I mean, I, I Ubered for a while just because I didn't want, you Dude, know. that was me for like two weeks. Two weeks this year, I was like, I'm just Ubering every day because it was so comfortable. You just get in your car. You don't have to deal with the traffic lights or anything. You're just on your phone, right? Quick, of course, I mean, answering messages. And most of the time, getting to work uh, takes me about forty-five minutes. Where do you live? I live uh, towards like the Turnpike and A Street, uh, Belen area. Mm. So the yeah, traffic like in the morning is, yeah. is just not Dude, fun. I can only, and then you have everyone going from that area to the Turnpike. Then you catch everyone going to FIU. To to FIU, then the Palmetto, and then like still all the way to downtown. Like. I take a lot of back roads. I'm not a fan of main highways or main streets. Mm -hmm. So basically, I, I'll take H Street. So the moment I can pass the Palmetto and start taking all the back roads, yeah, which pretty much leads me into the Gables. The Gables yeah. with with hardly any traffic. Mm. True, true. Yeah, no, that, that's what I talk about because well, that's what I mean because if you get in a self-driving car, you're not really going to care how long it takes you to get there because you're not worried about, oh, man, I have to pass this stop sign or anything like that. You're just sitting there calmly enjoying right, the ride. Right, and you have a malfunction. And oh, man, that's what they say, but think about it. How, well, they've recalled a bunch of those cars already. Uh, uh, on the, on I'm, not, the, I'm not sure that they've the recalled. The beta testing and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but the – well, there's conspiracy theories that people have done it on purpose to slow the progression of self-driving cars. Like the car, man, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get assassinated by Uber. But uh, <laughs> Uber apparently, the uh, the self-driving car that crashed with Uber. Remember, I don't know if you saw the video. There was a guy dri not driving, not driving, but he was yeah, yeah. and then and then it ran over the girl crossing the street. They're saying that Uber did that on purpose because Uber doesn't want us to buy cars. Uber wants us to not have a car. And to use their service because when there's a hundred thousand Uber, you know, there's probably more than that. But when there's, you know, a million Uber drivers on the road an Uber from here to your house is going to cost $2 and that's an, like, it'll be like the, the Uber pool. You know what I mean? Like it'll cost you, it'll, it'll be like a bus. 
So they don't want us to buy the self-driving cars because it means that we don't have to spend money on their service. What they want us to do is not depend buy the car and depend on them. But so that's what, the problem. Dependence. Yeah, no, but that's what they that's why they did that. Because they crashed the car so that there would be more regulations put onto Tesla and the self-driving cars and so that they wouldn't be able to like meet uh, production demand before so people could get it. So people would stay waiting and then end up not buying those cars and start using Uber and stuff like that. That's pretty crazy. I know, I know. I'm, I'm crazy. I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm a crazy guy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it, at the end of the day, it's a computer and, and there's hackers, you know, that That's can hack true. into these And they're computers. saying, I know, but they also say that the CIA are, can already do that to our normal cars right now. The NSA and the CIA could tap into our cars and make them... Whole different realm. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the CIA and stuff like that. It's crazy. Uh, what's up? What's up, What are some of, your, some of your favorite types of music? What music do you listen to on the way to work? Depends on the mood in the morning. Typically hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes I'm in the mood to listen to like some Frank Sinatra to calm it down. Yeah, calm it down a little. Because uh, when I walk into the office, some days it's just I feel like it's Armageddon. I feel that you're going to war. No, yeah, no, yeah, for yeah, real, yeah. you're going to war. You got like Take six closings a day. Yeah, yeah, let's get to work. Yeah, no, I feel that 100. percent And then there's other there's some Frank Sinatra songs that are like let me calm down, but there's some that like really hype you up. You know? Yeah, yeah, he no, gets that of course. Loud voice. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. The uh, the way that music can communicate a feeling to people. I, I I said yesterday that music is the greatest form of communication because it, it's like all these feelings and like they're painting a picture for you and it's like right. And then depending on your mood, the music goes with your mood. You know. Yeah, they're all, they say that audio is going to be the next thing to take over the world. That it went from it went audio back when the radio first came out then it shifted to like visual like tv you know your phone but now they're saying that audio is going to make a comeback again in the form of you know this podcast music and in the future when ai and we're living in a virtual world you know like it's a it's a lot a lot of premises but uh the the way that the world is moving they're saying that you know Trucks are being truck drivers are getting their jobs taken away. The the cashiers are getting their their jobs taken away. What's really gonna flourish in the future is gonna be creative jobs like creating a, a picture, graphic designer, stuff like that for the internet. And that's how people are gonna make money because they're saying that we're all gonna get a basic level income. We're all gonna get a certain income from the government, something like that. And I know it's crazy. One world or world order type like yeah, that. that. Sounds like communism to me. <laughs> In a way, yeah, I know. In a way, it does. In a way, it does. In a way, it does sound like communism. I know. But it, can we really avoid it? I mean, like, we've seen what's going on in, in the country. And they're saying, you know, the polls, and they say the polls are fake news and all this other stuff. But we can't take away from the fact that they're saying and they're they're putting into our minds that, you know, the next generation is all about socialism and communism and stuff like this. So That's another scary thing, you know? It is, but it's it's the it's what they're telling us. But listen, you, at the end of the day, um, I've tried to wrap my head around it, and I just don't want to think about it because at the end of the day, like everything fixes itself. Nature fixes itself, you know. Yeah, so we always end up correcting ourselves. Whenever nature we do corrects itself, bad, you yeah, know? it does. It does. Like the way that a hurricane, you know, comes through Miami and knocks down all the old branches on trees. A couple of years later, they look like these marvelous right. brand new trees. It's just like that, yeah. Or when there's a forest fire, 
the ashes of the trees that were burned down fertilize the soil and allow like new life to spread out or like grow sprout right, yeah, yeah. yeah that's pretty deep <laughs> well no because you said that nature replaces itself so i'm a deep thinker man i'm a <laughs> I don't know if you knew I'm a, I'm a philosophy major, so like this is, oh, these are the type of things so, that I talk about. Go, yeah, go, these are the type go. of things that I'm thinking about on the daily. And yeah, the, uh, yeah. How's your your Instagram going? With uh... it's going good, go, uh, bro. I I like posting every day. I'm trying to engage with uh, with uh, followers and our our following. If you didn't know, you could follow us at Gable Cigars and at thelounge.media. What's your Instagram? At Rob at P- Rob Padron and then, or the business page is uh, at First Financial Miracle Mile. Miracle Mile. Did you pick the Miracle Mile location or is that? I, just since I was a, in a close vicinity to Miracle Mile and eventually I wanted the office to be on Miracle Mile. My oh, branch you used to is, live over here? No, no. Just the uh, the office location. I'm basically one block, two blocks. No, I'm not away. talking about the username. I'm talking about did you pick the uh, the location? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I chose the location because oh, I, I wanted to be here. I mean, it's the majority nice of... It's my favorite part of Miami, the Gables, 100%. There's nothing like it. You know, they they like try it. to replicate it and it's... Yeah, no, it doesn't work out. Nobody can make it, it happen. Not you know, work the, out the Literally, the Doral is you know, what like, I talk about. Yeah, it does not work. It does not work. There's nowhere like the Gables, uh, Brick or anything like that where, yeah, people walk to the restaurants and stuff like that, but they're stuck in these massive buildings where yeah. here there are buildings. 30, 40 floor building it's just like come on like. but they're like two three story buildings and mm-hmm. everybody you know kind of know each other here in the gables and it's like the the neighborhood it's the neighborhood here. it's yeah. literally the neighborhood yeah well rob you have any last words you want to tell the audience before we wrap this up i oh, just uh enjoyed our conversation and yeah. uh, i look forward to having more yeah and, and coming in and bringing other guests exactly with me. Yeah, yeah yeah well definitely we're i'm trying i'm trying to expand this you know we're still in the first month it's only been like 30 i think this is the 32nd episode that we've had so nice. congratulations so, thank you but it's it's very you know at the very early stages of what this could become so we'll definitely have you back we'll bring in some some of your employees maybe that you want to bring in some of your friends you know whoever sure, it is or i could bring in like some some referral sources of uh, realtors and bring them in as well and true talk about that industry about as well their, their yeah. industry and what they do because uh i feel like they may have it harder than i do because a lot of people go to the realtor first, which is ass backwards. If really? They should come to... I don't know to, about buying a house. Well, you know, you should get qualified first, you know? True. Of course, yeah. And Have the money before you go looking Unfortunately, for it, yeah. people like to look first, then get qualified, whereas you just wasted your time... Yeah, of course. ...looking for something, not knowing Finding, that you were able to qualify. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. So they divert them back to us to get them pre-approved. Mm. And then go look at homes because you're not going to drive around half of Miami looking at houses just because you think you can afford the house. Maybe you can, but due to your taxes or whatever, you, mm. you may not qualify. So True. at the end of the day, they are the ones that get most of the business that comes to us. That it shouldn't be that way. But I mean, obviously, I can't yeah. change the world. And yeah, of course. like what we were discussing earlier. Yeah. I just don't want to think about things like that because you can't change it. You just got to adapt and mm-hmm. figure out how it's going to work for you, you know? Got to adjust. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Let's Talk Tuesday number six. You can follow us at Gable Cigars, at thelounge.media, at, at Rob, Rob Padron, Padron, at First Financial Miracle Mile. At First Financial Miracle Mile. And we can we will catch you tomorrow for Whiskey and Cigars, number oh, Whiskey Wednesdays, number six.